The following sermon is from Fifth Avenue Presbyterian Church in New York City at the corner of Fifth Avenue and 55th Street in the heart of Manhattan. We welcome you to worship with our vibrant community of faith. Head to FAPC.org and join our email list and be sure to subscribe to FAPC in New York City, our YouTube channel. And now we invite you to breathe deep and lean into the beauty of worship with Fifth Avenue Presbyterian Church. Today's reading is from the Gospel of Matthew. Let us listen to God's word. Immediately, he made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up to the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone, but by this time, the boat, battered by the waves, was far from the land for the wind was against them. And early in the morning, he came walking towards them on the lake. But when the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified, saying, it is a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them and said, take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come out to you on the water. And he said, come. So Peter got out of the boat, started walking on the water, and came towards Jesus. But when he noticed the strong wind, he became frightened. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. And Jesus immediately reached out his hand and caught him, saying to him, you of little faith, why did you doubt? When they got into the boat, the wind ceased. And those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. This is the word of God for you, the people of God. Thanks be to God. And now, welcome Reverend Jonah So, who shares this week's sermon, A Boat When We're Sinking. Have you ever experienced the guilt associated with blaming yourself for a failure of a task or job? Yes, we've all failed, but I'm asking in the sense of after failing, you hear a voice that says, if only you had tried harder or done this instead of that. Let me frame it another way. Did you ever feel personally responsible for the illness or ailment for yourself or someone you care about? the diagnosis of a disease or injury via accident? Did you ever feel personally responsible for a broken relationship of your own or someone else? A separation or divorce? Estrangement from a parent or child? Did you ever feel personally responsible for failing to land a job position or acceptance into a school or program for yourself or someone else? The answer I am fishing for is obviously a yes. Yes, in some form or another, we felt this way. So here's the real question all of that was setting up. Did you ever feel any of that and think to yourself, if I had only prayed harder, 
if I were only a more faithful believer, if I had only donated more, the outcome would have been better. God would have listened to me instead of ignoring me, or at least treated my requests with more urgency. Have you ever felt that? It is a terrible feeling because you have to feel badly twice. Once for the thing that did not go your way, and again for you being the reason it did not go your way. On the flip side, it feels awesome when it does go your way and you are able to take the credit for it happening so fortuitously. That swing is intense. If this is a zero-sum game, the gap between the winners and the losers is frightening. It is no wonder then today's story might resonate with us. It is anything but a basic story. It contains physical reality-defying miracles. But if we can suspend our incredulity for a moment, it's pretty simple. Jesus sends his disciples off on a boat so he can pray by himself. The weather was bad, so the boat trip was anything but smooth sailing. Jesus walks out to them early in the morning. They think he is a ghost, but he assures them that it is him. In order to prove that it really is Jesus, Peter tells the ghost to call him onto the water. He does, and so Peter goes out and walks to Jesus on the water. But Peter begins to notice the wind and the waves, and begins to sink, causing him to cry out. Jesus reaches out and saves him. As they walked on water back together to the boat, Jesus says, You of little faith, why did you doubt? Let's get some obvious things out of the way first. They all thought Jesus was a ghost because that makes more sense than assuming it is a man walking on water. But the ghost says, no, it's me, Jesus. Now the disciples are torn. Will they keep believing it is a ghost or will they believe it is their teacher? So Peter decides to test the ghost. Instead of asking the ghost, what is Mary's maiden name? Or, what high school did you attend? He decides to take the physical challenge by saying, if it really is you, tell me to come up to you on the water. Maybe it's because he hasn't watched enough pirate movies, or Peter never read Homer's Odyssey and so never learned about sirens sea creatures who lure men to their watery deaths. Instead, Peter assumes it must be Jesus, the friendly ghost. So let's test him that way. If it's really me, you want me to call you to come to me on the water? You know, Jesus wants to get it straight. 
okay, come. So Peter goes. Okay, another obvious issue. Unless this conversation took place via mental telepathy, we have to assume that the other disciples had to have heard the screaming conversation over the wind and waves between Peter and Jesus. So what kind of relationship did Peter have with the other disciples? They heard all that, and then they were all like, yeah, what a brilliant test, Peter. Go! Go forth on the choppy waters to see if that ghost is really our rabbi. No one stopped him. No one among the 11 others tried to physically restrain Peter because he was acting, I don't know, insane. His own brother Andrew didn't try to stop him. Okay, so now that we got those two hiccups to the story out of the way, Peter walks to Jesus on water. Until we are told he noticed the strong wind, then he became frightened and began to sink. Peter pulls off the classic Looney Tunes wild e coyote move. The rule says the coyote is allowed to chase the roadrunner on air until he realizes there is no ground under his feet. Then, and only then, will the coyote be granted another two seconds to hold up a sign that says, uh-oh, or quickly wave, bye-bye, and then plummet a thousand feet down into the canyon. Peter experiences such a moment when he realizes post-initial joy of walking on water, what am I doing? And so after that realization, he begins to sink. Jesus reaches out his hand and saves Peter, drawing him out and walking arm in arm, or maybe even cradling Peter in his arms back to the boat. On the way, it is Jesus' words that complicate the story. You of little faith, why did you doubt? This question that Jesus poses must have just slammed Peter with guilt. You of little faith, why did you doubt? Does not the question imply that had Peter just trusted Jesus more, Peter would have continued to walk on water? So in the end, it is Peter's fault for not having enough faith, for not praying enough, for not believing enough, not having given enough. Peter, you and I are now in the same boat, pardon the pun, the same boat of guilt. What are we supposed to do with that? 
we can accept it as fact, as many believers might. They think, yes, Peter should have tried harder. And Peter becomes a cautionary tale and serves as a warning to all future disciples that we should ignore the strong winds and keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. You are free to continue believing this. However, I would rather propose that we hold off on landing at that conclusion and re-examine this story. Jesus sent the disciples off on a boat to go to the other side. They don't like to sail. Research tells us that fishermen from biblical times don't like to sail in the deep waters. They stay on the shoreline where it's shallower. Jesus sent them on a course, taking them through the deep waters to the other side and did not even go with them. Jesus instead went off to pray. As they struggled to get across to the other side, a mission given to them by Jesus, they are being battered by winds and waves. Jesus comes to them walking on water. He was headed to them. They could have waited for Jesus to get to the boat. Instead, Peter says, let me go to you. It's as if Jesus is thinking, okay, You shouldn't really be walking on water because people don't do that. But so that you can be reminded of your humanity, sure, come to me. So Peter walks for a glorious moment, but reality sets in much quicker, and Jesus comes to the rescue. You of little faith, why did you doubt? Three things. First, Matthew 14, 22 through 23 says, Immediately he made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. And after he dismissed the crowds, he went up the mountain by himself to pray. Jesus sends the disciples on a mission or a journey to cross the lake rather than go around it. He put them in the boat. And that route that he put them on is the more difficult route. The easier route is to walk around the lake. But Jesus sends them through it despite their fears. And they go. Meanwhile, Jesus prays for them. Jesus thinks of them, holds them, supports them. They are never out of his mind, but always on his heart. Second, Matthew 14, 25 tells us, early in the morning, he came walking toward them on the sea. Jesus goes to them walking 
on water. He demonstrates that the things that they are afraid of, the water, wind, and the waves, do not affect or impede him. Jesus is en route and is going to meet them in the boat. And the manner in which Jesus will get to them does not exclude miracles. While God may be found in the silence, God also reserves the right to be in the lightning and thunder. Third, in Matthew 14, 31, Jesus says to Peter, You of little faith, why did you doubt? Our sensibilities interpret this as Peter's failure to trust in Jesus' ability to let him walk on the water. And I think our interpretation is off. To me, it makes more sense to understand Jesus' statement as, Why did you not believe that I was coming to you in the boat? Did you doubt that? Did you think I was just going to pass you by? I was coming to you. That was the whole point of me walking on water. To get to you despite what you considered adversities and obstacles. In your impatience, you wanted to come to me before you were ready. I let you fail in order for you to realize that you can't, but I can. When you feel you're sinking, drowning, I will catch you. I will return you to the boat on which I placed you. Friends, walking on water is not for us. We were not made with the ability to do that. We were put on a boat and told to go to the other side. Jesus sent us on that mission. The course upon which Jesus sets us, however, is no joke. We deal with deadly viruses, floods, evictions, hunger, war, fires, earthquakes. I could go on. And if I do, the more we want out of this boat. Jesus comes to us while we are on the journey to remind us that he sent us and that he is with us and that he will be with us through the hardship. Staying in the boat might be the bigger act of faithfulness than going out onto the waters. Jesus is coming. Jesus sent us. Jesus is among us. We are Christ's body, and we bear witness to God's presence here at the corner of 55th and 5th by wearing masks at church, distancing, and getting our jabs if able. We bear witness by addressing food insecurity with meals on heels and a place at the table. When we send funds for disaster relief to those devastated by the earthquakes in Haiti. When we share compassion and care for the sick, the grieving, and the lonely. Friends, 
Live your life faithfully, knowing that Jesus has not abandoned you. Keep the course. As Jesus prays for you, take note and pray for yourself and others in your boat. Let's stay together as a community of Christ's disciples. That means we can be together in person or virtually. Whatever your preference, you coming to the corner of 55th and 5th, or us coming to you, staying together pleases God. Getting out of the boat is the easier thing to do. But in moments of intense emotions, one might opt to leave the boat. Though it inevitably leads to sinking, hear the good news. Jesus brings us back. While I can't tell you when, and I can't say how, Jesus brings us back into the boat. Thanks be to God. May we trust the ever-vigilant heavenly parent that ceaselessly watches over us, providing our needs. All glory be to the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Friends, may we leave this worship today open to the ways God's Spirit is calling us and encouraging us to an inclusive, barrier and boundary-breaking love, open to the people God is waiting for us to embrace. And may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit remain and abide with you all. Amen.